Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very senior and accomplished professional from Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, Mr. Samresh Kumar. Samresh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Ashutosh. Uh, very happy to be here. Thank you. Samresh is the founder, chairman, and CEO of SkyX Solar. He was the Entrepreneur of the Year in 2021, and he's being named among the top 10 power business leaders. So, Samrish, before we get into SkyX, uh, tell me a little bit about your own journey. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll keep it brief. Thank you, Ashutosh, for having me. Uh, so, I hail from India, from Jamshedpur. Uh, by education, I'm you know an engineer from IIT Delhi and MBA from IMCAL. Uh, over the last 22 odd years of my career, you know, I've uh, done multiple stuff, I've, you know, done investment banking, uh, uh, done consulting, started my career as a consultant in India, Middle East uh, with Anderson Consulting, Stroke Accenture, uh, then did private equity, Stroke Strategic Investments, you know, building businesses, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the energy space, oil and gas in India, Russia, UK, Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, with a group called Sun Group, uh, mm -hmm. which are owned by the Kemkas. I know, I know Shiv. Uh, well. Yes, uh, with, with Shiv. Uh, uh, and then I had started my investment bank in India. Okay. Uh, uh, and later that year, you know, the world's largest investment bank collapsed. So mm -hmm. it was very interesting. And then Destiny brought me to Vietnam in early 2010. Mm -hmm. And it's been... Oh, you know, uh, almost 12 years here, uh, largely uh, investing and building businesses. Wow. Wow. So let's talk about SkyX Solar. Uh, you did mention you were interested in energy when you were in India. But tell me a little bit more about the venture and what was your motivation to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, sure. Uh, so when I did energy investments with Sun Group, it was primarily in the oil and gas side, right? Uh, did not do a lot in the renewable side. And renewables was not, you know, so hot that time. It was, you know, supported by subsidies. In the last five years, when I, five years back, when I joined Vina Capital, which is the uh, most experienced investment management group out of Vietnam, uh, mm -hmm. I was leading the private equity investments from the balance sheet. Mm -hmm. And looking at new platforms for Vina Capital principal investments to to set up, mm -hmm. and that's when I you know uh, uh, you know realized that the renewable energy space would take off, mm -hmm. especially the solar, uh, given uh, the industry shifts which were happening, right? Uh, and within the renewable and solar space, I love the rooftop solar space mm -hmm. because it's not just a, you know, it's a licensed play, but it's where a lot of commercial uh, deals have to be done, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I presented to uh, the board and said, you know, we should start our own rooftop solar company because the sector is at its infancy. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, thankfully they agreed uh, and, you know, we started it. The, you know, I I became the chairman CEO uh, accidentally because we I wanted to find a uh, a CEO to lead this while you know we drive it from the board and as an investor but uh, couldn't find uh, the right person and then I said you know I believe in it I'll I'll, I'll build it out right so uh, I've become an accidental 
entrepreneur in, in the rooftop solar space, so to speak. Amazing. And as they say, the rest is history. So, yes. Yeah. Wonderful. So, uh, let's talk about, about energy, Samrish. Uh, tell me, what are some of the energy shortfalls that you are addressing uh, when you are talking what's about solar and how large is this gap? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the gap is huge. Let me talk about, uh, you know, uh, Vietnam in, in, in specifically, yeah. but, you know, uh, uh, wherever there is high growth in the world, right? The situation is the sim- is, is very similar, right? Uh, because when, when the country is going through high growth, you need a large amounts of power. And where would the new power come from? You know, uh, there is no support for coal. I think no new coal power plants would come up across mm-hmm. the world generally uh, so it is renewable right in in vietnam the power demand supply gap is around 8 to 10% right so that gap has to be filled by either gas uh, and gas can gas fired power could come from lng sources which are very expensive and it takes time to build mm-hmm. or renewable Okay. Uh, hydro, there's not much potential. Coal, uh, you know, no new large uh, power plants would get built. Mm. Uh, so, you know, solar and wind becomes uh, a very, very effective source okay. to supply right. this power. And I'm told that there is a huge revival happening of nuclear all over the world. Yeah, there are discussions. Mm. Uh, there are discussions regarding that, uh, but uh, you know there are challenges. Uh, mm. I, I I have not heard that any new nuclear power plant is getting built, mm-hmm. uh, but but discussions have started. Okay. Uh, if you ask me, Ashutosh, I think the risks are far 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 much higher, uh, mm. and uh, the 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 cost of renewable energy sources uh, mm. of power is is going much much lower right mm-hmm. uh, so if we can solve the transmission issue uh, uh, and and regulatory uh, you know issue i think more and more renewable energy uh, happen yes and when you talk about renewable uh, and you know you also said because of wind which is solar and say wind what do you think will happen to thermal and hydro uh, in the short term yeah, thermal. So basically, coal and gas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, coal dead. Uh, I don't think there's any support, uh, and should not be as well. I think uh, gas. Yes, uh, it depends on how much supply of you know uh, natural gas is there. Uh, the second is LNG. Now, LNG-based uh, power plants. Yes, a lot of it is under 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 uh, development. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in Vietnam as well, you know, uh, few. Power plants have got approvals, but it will take five, seven, ten years to get built, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so one cannot just rely on on those. Mm-hmm. Idle, uh, it depends on the how much idle power capacity is available to be harnessed. In mm-hmm. most of the countries, actually, you know, most of it is has has absolutely been been, been harnessed in Vietnam mm-hmm. as well, right? So the the, the potential for additional capacity expansion is not so much. Mm. And when you talk about uh, coal, uh, I'm told that a very significant chunk of power in almost all countries in Asia is still coal. Yes. Do you see this changing or will our reliance continue for 
quite some time. It, it, it is definitely changing and it is changing very, very fast, right? Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, what has happened in, in, in solar is it, it has really accelerated in, 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 in development only in the last three years because, you know, the solar panel prices went down by around 80%, mm. right? Uh, so it, it made sense to build more solar power plants. And that's when, you know, you're seeing you know, so much adoption in, in mm. China, India, Vietnam, and so on. Mm. Uh, you don't need government subsidies. So previously, coal-fired thermal power plants were built Right, uh, but no new power plants are getting built. So in Vietnam, just to give you an example, coal uh, supplies around I think thirty-five odd percent of the uh, power uh, supply. Uh, by twenty twenty, by twenty thirty, it should go down to probably twenty percent, and by twenty fifty, probably very less. So when the coal-fired power plant reaches its uh, uh, tenor, uh, I don't think they will get extended. Right? Amazing, amazing. And there is also a lot of talk, Samresh, about the cost of energy. Yeah, People are now saying that we are reaching a stage where the cost of energy will be almost zero. Uh, what are your perspectives? Do you think that will happen in, in uh, our lifetimes? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Uh, it, it requires a little deeper uh, analysis, but yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try to make it short. So solar power cost is going down, right? So right now it is anywhere from around four to five cents. Mm -hmm. uh, by 2030, it should go down to around two to three cents, mm -hmm. right? What happens is a solar power plant has warranties for, um, for 25 years, mm -hmm. right? Uh, after which, you know, you've paid, basically you've got your money investment capital back. So it's largely, you know, very, very low cost of operations, mm -hmm. right? So you know, people are saying that, okay, after 2050, for example, mm -hmm. when you, when, when the world has built a lot of solar power plants and, you know, the capital invested has been returned back, then the, the marginal cost of operating those solar power plants would be very low and wind power plants would be very low. So it will not be zero, but it would be uh, less. Uh, but I think that's a, uh, over optimism as well because you know it all also depends on uh, you know you've got to have storage capacity for the solar uh, mm -hmm. and you have you know effective transmission capability as well mm -hmm. uh, so it would be low after 2050 I don't think it would be zero you don't think everyone's going to get free no, no <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> okay I understand uh, but you just spoke about storage, uh, and I think that is another very critical factor for solar power. Yes. Um, how is this being tackled in, in the markets that you are in? Yeah. And uh, a following question with that is that even though there are this incredible amount of batteries available to store it, yeah, the battery waste itself will become a big hazard at some stage. I'd love to get your perspective on both. Yes, no, very interesting question, Ashutosh. I think what has happened to the solar sector in the last three years will happen to the battery and storage sector after uh, one and a half years. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say is, is twofold, right? One is uh, right now the battery prices are such that having this storage uh, is commercially attractive only in certain specific cases 
or certain specific countries where the electricity price is still high mm-hmm. right uh vietnam for example uh it's you know uh, it's not commercially attractive to use battery uh for industrial sector at the moment mm. uh, because the electricity prices you know uh, doesn't support that plus there is no clear regulation regarding that mm. so once those two things happen then the adoption of these batteries would 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 increase because what is happening is the cost of battery manufacturing is going down mm-hmm. so once it goes down by additional 30% the adoption would just explode so everywhere where there would be you know wind or solar there would be battery as well right uh, so you know we we will see immense growth in the next uh, 10 years but after a couple of years mm. when the prices go down mm. uh, regarding wastage and you know disposal of those uh, uh, yes i you know to be and and the same question is you know asked uh, uh, regarding solar panels as well uh, mm. so how do you what yeah. do you do with the panels one with the the power plant you know Correct. Uh, finishes his tenure i think uh, you know there's a lot of research being done to do the uh, uh, waste management for 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 the panels and for the batteries as well mm-hmm. and you know taking out you know the different constituents and then you know disposing it or reusing it effectively i don't think it would be a challenge we still have time to uh, to get to that solution uh, is it's not that difficult it's just one needs scale money mm. scale so if you you know if there's uh, x amount of you need to recycle it's mm. very expensive but if you have a large scale uh, and the technology gets developed then the cost of recycling um, is 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 cheaper so i don't think you know that would be a big challenge very interesting so now let's move uh, to another discussion which is investments and you said uh, you know that you are a part of vina capital um i'm assuming you also make investments on your own uh, yes uh tell me a little bit about vina capital because you said it is one of the most powerful companies uh, in vietnam from an investment perspective one of the most experienced, experienced. Uh, okay. investment management groups it manages around uh, 4 billion dollars of capital wow. uh, it has uh, you know uh, uh, one private equity fund it has a few mutual funds it has a real estate fund and uh, they, you know uh, it a, it has a, a venture capital fund as well right uh, so as i said i was with vina leading private equity investments for the balance sheet and then last couple of three odd years i've been building out skyx solar right uh, apart from that i do investments myself as well uh, 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 i yeah okay and and what do you look for before you decide to make an investment yeah if it's a early to mid stage investment right mm-hmm. uh, i think there are three things which i look at one is the and the foremost is the team mm-hmm. right so the founding team and 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 the senior leadership team and how strong are they you know what complementary skill sets do they have uh, second is the the market size the total addressable market and the business model right so what is the product is there a product market fit and so on mm. and the third is the traction mm. right so how have they been performing mm. uh, in 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 the number of years uh, they've been operating so mm. these are the three three important factors i look at fascinating and uh, a question that is often asked from a lot of investors and i'm going to ask you is that what in your opinion are some of the key challenges a lot of startup entrepreneurs face 
he I, I think there are a lot uh, one is uh, you know of hiring the right set of people hmm. right uh, as you know a, a startup goes through a hyper you know hyper growth uh, yeah. uh, you know the, in, in the first few years right and during that stage you know uh, earlier on early on you would find or hire certain people who would be suitable for those positions. And then when you grow 10 times or 20 times, uh, you have to reassess whether sometimes those people are not able to step up to when the company grows. Or even if they do, there are other you know areas in, in the company where you know opportunities open up and then you've got to find the right fit uh, and so on. So getting the right team mm -hmm. at the right time uh, is, is, is a key challenge. Second, I think is capital, mm -hmm. right? Uh, having the right amount of capital at the right time, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because a high growth startup requires capital. And, you know, and uh, as a lot of founders find out, you know, apart from running their business, a lot of the time is spent in capital raising, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so uh, people you know uh, you see su successful uh, founders they're very good in capital raising a lot of them mm. uh, so you you have to really re really learn and then you know and then 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 then, then yeah, raise uh, capital at the right uh, time mm. uh, and and of course you know you have to continue focusing on 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 the customers so Correct. uh you know that that's what runs the business so you have to continuously see you know, whether the product or the service you're offering mm -hmm. is 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 uh, giving an exceptional uh, uh, value add to your customer or not, and if their you know needs changes, you know you have to pivot and so on. So you have to be very very customer focused, right? Mm -hmm. And then all your operations and in the structure has to be uh, 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 driven towards that. Mm. Very interesting. And another question is that. As an investor or an angel investor, how involved do you get in the governance of the company? So, as an angel, I, you know, uh, I, I do selectively. Uh, so, uh, given the investment size is very small, uh, typically, and it's spread out, uh, generally, don't get involved in on on the governance side. Mm -hmm. It's uh, advice as and when required, and uh, generally helping sometimes in business development, uh, partnerships, strategic partnerships, or help in sometimes in capital raising, right? Uh, in slightly mid-stage companies which, where I've invested through Veena, mm -hmm. and then I sit on the board, uh, as a board director, yes, there are, there's more value add in, in the governance, uh so as you know i help in strategy i help in uh business development strategic partnerships i help in the organization structure mm -hmm. to see what the strengths of different people are in at cc minus level and where the gaps are so if the company needs to reach a certain stage in the next two years mm -hmm. then where are the gaps which we need to fill in right uh fourth is help in capital raising mm -hmm. uh, that's one of my forte and fifth is to look at which metrics, business metrics, which, you know, the, the company and senior management team should focus on as they expand their business. Mm -hmm. So companies, uh, uh, mid-stage companies where I sit on the board, I mean, these are the five areas yeah. where, where, where I help in. 
Hmm. Very interesting. So time for two more questions. Uh, one more question relating to investments. At what stage do you look for an exit? Yeah, typically I look for an exit before the company reaches its potential, mm -hmm. right? So before, so generally, you know, the company is in a high growth phase, is going well, and then it it reaches its peak, and then you know it would either stall or sometimes you know maybe, maybe just reduce as well, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, go down. Uh, I like to sell before it reaches its its its, its, its uh, peak, right? So when when the times are are, are still good. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you reach the peak, everybody wants, you know, a lot of the investors want to sell, right? So right. you don't want to re wait till that point of time. Mm -hmm. So you need to sell before before uh, uh, that happens. Very interesting. And my last question, Samrishan, this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your own amazing journey and all the great work you are doing in Vietnam, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away? Yeah, maybe I'll I'll keep this uh, slightly uh, uh, on 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 the behavior side because you know I've I've done uh, so many things, different things across the world. I've gone through ups and a lot of downs, mm -hmm. a lot of downs actually. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, so there are three things now which you know as, as a behavior mm -hmm. I try to try to follow every day, mm -hmm. and uh, when I see. A lot of people are very, very stressed in in, in life, right? Because of personal, professional, Correct. Correct. COVID, and so on. And I, personally, for me, these three things help me keep keep uh, calm, right, mm -hmm. and positive on a daily basis. One is focus on the now. Mm -hmm. The past is gone. The future, we are not. We we don't know. Nobody knows what will happen. Correct. The only thing we control is now or we have to be now right so on my shirt as well uh you know i inscribe now on, mm -hmm. on my sleeves on. right so okay. to remind me every every time that you just now is what we have correct second ashutosh i think is uh you know to not worry about things which we cannot control mm. and just focus on things which we can control yeah and have the wisdom to know which things you can control and which you cannot control. Yeah. Right. That makes uh, life very, very simple. Yeah. Right? Because a lot of the things in life we cannot control. So why Correct. worry about it? Right. Correct. Uh, it, it, it makes it simple. Hmm. Uh, and the third is gratitude. Hmm. Right. Uh, while everybody, you know, a lot, all of us are ambitious, you know, we're trying, wanting something, but every day there are so many things we, we can be thankful about. So practicing daily gratitude, in my mind, is, is the sure, short way of continual happiness. Oh, wonderful. So okay. these are the three things, you know, which I think uh, uh, I follow and I would love, uh, you know, to share that. Wonderful. And on that note, and your three amazing, I won't say lessons, but you said behaviors. Number one is focus on the now, which is so important. And I think that has come through to all of us after COVID even more. Mm -hmm. You never know what's going to happen. Second is don't worry about what you can't control. And the third one, which is so, so, so powerful, which is gratitude. Thank you, Samresh, for talking to me about your own journey, about how you have uh, built such an amazing uh, business in the energy sector in Vietnam. Thank you also for talking to me about investing and 
some of your philosophies of investing. Thank you for speaking to me and good luck to you. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.